the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. Jesus takes his disciples on a journey to Caesarea Philippi. This is a city that good Jews just did not visit. It's a pagan city. It's full of idolatry. Today we're talking about transformation. The title of our lesson is Your Transfiguration. The pagan gods were worshipped here in Caesarea Philippi. But what was the purpose of Jesus bringing the disciples to this place? Jesus wanted the disciples to have transformation, to have an experience that would alter their lives and ours. This experience in Caesarea Philippi lays the foundation for the disciples to be transformed from followers to leaders and great men of power, having dominating authority. I'll paraphrase, if you will. Luke 9, 18, Jesus was alone praying. The disciples were with him. Jesus presents a significant question, and then he takes the opportunity to enlighten his disciples. His question, who do the people say that I am? I believe Jesus already knew the answer to the question. He desired for the disciples to have a transforming experience. Remember his statement in John five nineteen. So Jesus replied, truly, truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself unless he sees the father doing it for whatever the father does, the son also does the father loves the son and shows him all he does. And to your amazement, he will show him even greater works than these. He wanted the disciples to do the greater works. This required the eyes of their understanding to be opened. So within their hearts, transformation would need to take place. He wanted to go beyond what they were thinking. His desire was to advance their understanding, exceeding what they had heard about him. He was leading the disciples to be renewed in the spirit of their minds. This was preparation to step into another dimension of prayer, breaking a barrier in their understanding. As he is preparing you today for a transfiguration experience, This only comes by revelation, and revelation comes 
by prayer. God is calling his chosen ones to be transformed, transfigured into the image of himself. Those who have the ear to hear and hearken to the word of God. When we obey the spirit of the Lord, he takes us to another dimension. Now the disciples replied, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets of old. They are not speaking what God has revealed to them. They're merely answering his question. Who do the people say I am? Once he has established who the people say that he is, now he turns the question to a level that can only be answered by revelation. Suddenly, there's a shift in the atmosphere. Jesus knows he cannot take them further until they are firmly established without any doubt of who he is. He knows the time is approaching for him to be offered up. And the time had arrived that they must be established in this relationship with him. This establishment of the relationship would carry them through every hardship and the dilemmas that he knew that they had to face. But what about you? Jesus questioned further. Who do you say that I am? Silence must have fallen upon the entire place. The climate The atmosphere had to be completely changed. The question was captivating. But who do you say that I am? They were aware of what they had heard only men say. But they had to stop. And only the Holy Spirit could reveal to them the answer to this question. Who do you say that I am? The answer had to come from on high. If I were to ask you today, who do you say that he is? What would you tell me? Many do not spend time alone with him in prayer. Their only answer would be what they have heard other people say, just like what happened with the disciples or what they have heard or or read in the Sunday school book. They may be able to quote the scriptures. The disciples had spent intimate time alone with him one on one. Face to face. They had seen miracles, but only one received revelation from the Father in heaven. This is a close, intimate time with Jesus and his disciples. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered, Simon, son of Jonah, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my by Father in heaven. You can imagine the joy, the love that flowed from the throne of grace. The atmosphere completely changed the revelation as the other disciples were looking on and listening to what he said. Their eyes of their understanding had to be enlightened. So today, the same question must arise to each of us who desire a transforming experience today. If Jesus appears before you today and the same intimate question is spoken, who do you say that I am? What would you say? Would God suddenly give you revelation? Is your relationship so close and so intimate with the father that he would speak and give you new revelation? You know, children are in an innocent state when they are born into this world. They come from God. And when they are young, They can receive such revelation before they learn the ways of this world. 
one day I was sitting in the kitchen having a meal with three of my children, and we were talking about God over dinner. And all of a sudden, the five-year-old changed the subject. And he began to say this. He said, um, you know, I'll never forget his words. He said, oh, mother, he said, don't ever worry if anything happens to me. I said, why not, son? He said, if anything ever happens to me, don't you worry about me. He said, I'll be in heaven with Jesus and with the angels of heaven. And then he began to sing like a sing song in his voice. He said, oh, the pearly gates and the golden streets and the angels singing before the throne of grace. Heaven is a beautiful place. I said, what? What are you talking about? Where did you get that from, son? I knew I hadn't taught him about death. He said, oh, he said in Sunday school, Miss Mary taught us about heaven. He said, he said, it's a beautiful place. And he began singing that same song again. He said, oh, the golden streets and the pearly gates and the angels singing before the throne of grace. God had given this child joy and revelation within his little heart. He had no fear of death. And his vision of heaven could only have been revealed by God himself. The teacher had spoken of it, but the spirit of the Lord had blessed him and taken all fear of death away and given him a vision of heaven that gave him excitement and joy. He had a transformation experience. Flesh and blood could not have revealed this to him. I'm talking about having a transfiguration experience. Philippians 2, 6 to 7, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and took the humble state of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. In serving God, he transforms us to become humble. Humility brings great rewards. Praying, seeking God causes us to have an encounter with God. Moses went up to the mountain to pray and his countenance is transfigured. Exodus 34, 29 to 35. It came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets, the testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mountain that Moses knew not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. Moses had an amazing relationship with God. When God was going to destroy the children of Israel for their disobedience, Moses interceded in prayer and he sought God through fasting and prayer because Moses had such an intimate relationship with God. Moses made an amazing discovery. He learned that the power of God moved through relationship. Elijah the forerunner of Jesus Christ, again, a man who understood that the power of God was through relationship. God did mighty demonstrations through Elijah because of his relationship and not because of the words that Elijah prayed. There is only one way to have that kind of powerful relationship with God, and I can't say it enough. It is through prayer. A friend asked me one day, she said, Valerie, how do you have such faith? How in the world have you grown to the point in your spiritual life 
that you have such great faith. She was having a difficult time in the workplace. She was in a very, very hostile environment. And I was teaching her scripture and telling her how to pray, how to handle this workplace situation. She presented that question to me because it had plagued her, obviously, for a long time. Valerie, how do you have such faith? I said, long hours of prayer, wrestling with God, refusing to let him go until he answered. At times, keeping a song in my heart when I was in a hostile environment and speaking songs daily within, facing great dilemmas and taking my needs to the Lord in prayer, believing that he would answer. And he did. I said I grew in my faith, but it wasn't overnight. I was describing an intimate relationship one on one with the father Hours in prayer, seeking his face, crying out, stretching forth to touch the hem of his garment. That's how I got my faith. It was through relationship. Through relationship, my faith grew and he transformed me. He changed the way I think and power began to flow through my prayers. We can only be transformed when we pray. Reading scripture isn't enough. Singing in the choir isn't enough. Being an usher, it just isn't enough. Even being a pastor, that's not enough. It is through prayer that we are renewed in the spirit of our mind and made whole. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to discern what is good and pleasing and the perfect will of God. Romans 12 and 2. You see, you were chosen for this experience and nothing can stop you. If you seek him with your whole heart, he is faithful to answer and to reward you. Good works and all things. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's straight from the word of God. This is an appointed time for the church to have an encounter with God. An appointed time is an acceptable time. And what is this time appointed for? For favor, for those who diligently seek him. If we do not hearken to God's voice, we will miss the transformation. This is the season to fast and to pray. If we don't, the enemy can pull us away and we're pulled away by the things of this world. But Satan is a liar. The heaven is open now. This is the acceptable time of the Lord to fast and to pray. When you do, manifestation will come. Restoration will come to your life. Isaiah chapter 11 can be a focus point for your prayers and miraculous things will take place. The blessing on Jesus' life is foretold here in the scripture. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom, of understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears 
with his ears, but with righteousness. He will judge the needy with justice. He will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. You are predestined to dominate. Affirm this, if you will. Father, I prophesy a branch of the root will rest on my life. The spirit of the Lord will rest on my life with wisdom and truth and counsel. I will not judge by what I see. Lord, you said I will strike the earth with the rod of my mouth. Faithfulness is the belt of my waist. Now that's power. The relationship, the father will intercede between heaven and earth with you. The Holy Spirit will pray through you as you pray, saying "Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Power operates through relationship. When we speak supernaturally charged power from within flows from the throne of grace from on high because it's spoken by revelation from God. Then and only then when our prayers are spoken by revelation from God, the Holy Spirit is doing the praying. Then we are no longer praying from within our own limited ability. That's why many do not get results in prayer. They are praying from their limited capacity. They are praying from their own limited ability. You know, a young man last week, wanted something from God. And as he was giving me his dilemma and speaking about this, and I'm listening to what he needs in his life, he began to give me all the reasons why he could not have what he was asking God for. And so I simply said to him, how about you take the limitations off of God? How about you stop figuring out how this can happen or why it cannot happen. How about you let go of your own capacity and limitations and give the situation over to God? Flesh and blood did not reveal the answer to his dilemma to me. Only the spirit of God gave me his answer. And as I was speaking to him, his eyes were enlightened. You know, when someone's eyes kind of light up when you're speaking to him, he said, okay, okay, I can do that. Because he knew by flesh and blood, he could accomplish nothing. And all doors were closed to him. Flesh and blood is no longer Praying when the Spirit of the Lord takes over and the Holy Spirit makes intercession, then mighty things will happen through our prayer. Take the limits off of God and give way to His mighty power. For God wants to transform our lives, and to do that, He must be our priority. Our prayer life should not be haphazard, our prayer life should not be something that If it happens, great. And if it doesn't happen, that's all right, too. No, no. From the time we rise, our prayers, our daily prayer life should already be carved into our schedule. 
If you're praying at 6 a.m. and someone asks you to come to breakfast at 6.30, I'm sorry, I can't. I have a meeting at 6 a.m. If you're using your lunch hour to pray and all the buddies at work are going out for lunch and you say, well, I'm sorry, you know what? I've got an appointment at lunchtime that I just have to keep and I'll catch up with you guys later. If someone asks you out to dinner, well, can we go at 5 o'clock instead of 6.30 because I've got a 6.30 appointment. We have to carve our life around our prayer life instead of moving our prayer life around life. God must become our priority. In the last days, God wants to use you in a significant way, and he wants that one-on-one relationship with you. He wants you to have a transfiguration experience. He wants you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We can examine the power of God through relationship by constant communion. This is transforming power. We can experience the power of God through relationship, constant communion. This is transforming power. This will lead us to an exciting relationship of intimate communion with Christ and a vibrant prayer life. If we abide in Christ, we will be victorious in challenging circumstances. Our petitions to God will be courageous with confidence. We will intercede for others effectively. We will receive clear direction from God. God wants each of us to experience his glory. Christ's transformation was predestined to strengthen the apostles' faith in anticipation of his passion. Jesus knew that his time was near to be offered up on Calvary. Christ, the head of the church, manifests his power through the body of Christ. And that would be you and I, the hope of his glory. God wants every believer today to step into their destiny and experience transformation that changes their relationship with him and causes us to dominate. When we step into his presence and experience his glory, our minds are changed. Our hearts are renewed. We are transformed from weak Christians to powerful disciples of Christ, fasting and praying. Seeking his face is the only way we experience his glory. Fasting leads us to a relationship of perfect love, the perfect love that casts out all fear. Christ becomes as close as a brother or a friend. This is a privileged relationship. The transfiguration was a special event in which God allowed certain apostles to have a privileged spiritual experience that was meant to strengthen their faith for the challenges that they would later have to endure. He wants you to step into this experience and be transformed. We may have had a momentary glimpse of the joy of heaven on earth to sustain us, but now God wants us to have a transfiguration experience that will give us the strength and the power 
in the last days to pray through difficult circumstances, to pray in great dilemmas, to stand side by side with those whose hearts are aching, whose difficult circumstances they cannot stand in alone. Through the power of God moving through you, through your divine relationship that you establish now, the power of God will flow through you and all of destinies will be changed. The nation can be changed. Nations of the world can be changed by the power of your prayer. Prayer knows no boundaries. It has no limitations. It'll go from one country to another, from one border to another, across oceans, across rough terrains, places where our feet will never tread, but our prayers will come in in a powerful way and push back powers of darkness, breaking down strongholds and destroying the strategies of the enemy that he has planned, destroy lives and conquer territory. We are here to pray in the coming of Christ, to usher forth the coming and the deliverance of souls, to usher forth the coming of Christ in these last days. Your prayer life has to be your priority as God releases a powerful anointing over the church. He is calling you into your divine destiny today. Won't you answer? Won't you make him a priority? Won't you begin a new walk with Christ today? Strengthen your prayer life or begin a prayer life. Draw close to him and he'll draw close to you. And the transforming power of God will move through you when you pray. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. 